Hello and welcome to the Summer Camp Stories podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Soundjoinson, and over the past 20 years, I've been a camp counselor, program specialist, group leader, CIT director, and camp director. So join me as I reconnect with old camp friends and learn about their journey and hear their summer camp stories. Ben and Molly Pinsky to the podcast. Ben and Molly Pinsky, please report to the podcast. Hey, Steve. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to be on your podcast. Thank you very much. I'm excited that I have both of you here. This is the first double interview that we have going on. So thank you both for joining us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, what you do today, and then also when and where you went to camp? So my name is Ben Pinsky. I went to Camp Ashopa between 1998, starting there at six years old, and 2009, the last year of Ashopa. And then I moved over to Camp Lakota, which is where I ended up meeting Marley in 2010. And I worked there all the way up until 2015. Hi, everyone. I'm Marley, recently married to Ben Pinsky. I grew up going to Camp Lakota from 2004, I was 11, until 2015. All right, nice. And you guys are both out out there in New York. We are. We live in Brooklyn, and we teach in the city. I'm in New York City, and he's in Brooklyn. Very nice. And for those that don't know, this is the first podcast where I have one of my former campers on the podcast. Ben was in my cabin in 2001, 2002, 2003, 2005, and 2006. And then I also got back to visit him in 2008 when I got to go to Disney World in the Bahamas with his his younger brother, of all people, (laughs) as well. So it's so nice to have a former camper and his lovely wife on the podcast. So thank you both for, for joining us. So tell us, you know, obviously you both went to camp as kids, so I know how you found camp, but what made you want to work at camp after after all those years of being campers? So um, so for me, I, I guess I come from a, a long line of people that have worked at camp and who have been in camping for many, many years back to, to really the 1960s. My dad went to a sleepaway camp that my grandfather uh, worked at and ran partially and then my grandfather, his name was Marvin Pinsky. He mm-hmm. worked at the office of camp. He was sort of the office manager. And I think a few people uh, on the pod so far have referenced him in terms of different aspects of office life and recruiting at camp fairs and stuff. And yeah, uh, we without- think we think maybe he asked Phil Norton um, if he could if he could fix a lawnmower, right? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something he would ask, and then just say, like, "Okay, you could fix a lawnmower. You could fix a go kart. Perfect." <laughs> that was definitely his vibe, but. Uh, yeah, without him, I never would have ended up at camp. And, uh, you know, between going since I was six years old all the way up until being a young adult, the only thing, the only job I 100% knew that I wanted to have as a young person was to be a counselor at camp. I, I luckily got to do that. Yeah. And when, when you have great role models in your cabin, I think it's an easy an easy choice to make, you know? <laughs> that, definitely helps. that definitely helps. That guy, Paul Monteith, was really a great Beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, you were, you were really uh, an awesome, awesome role model. You and all of the other counselors that I had, so many names swirling through my head of just awesome counselors from all over the world that I uh, had the pleasure of meeting and, you know, being in their bunk. It was really awesome. And then I, I only wanted to be a counselor because of that. And I got to luckily make some of now my best life friends and now my wife, obviously, through being a counselor at camp. It was really great. Nice. How about you, Molly? So I started kind of late going to camp. You know, most kids start when they're like, eight, nine. I started when I was 
11. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was only a camper for five years, including CIT summer, which like doesn't really count as a camper. I, I'd say. And I just had the same group of friends that went back every year, every year. And when it came time to being an AC, an assistant counselor, we were debating if we were going to go because of how little the pay was yep. <laughs> because we're, we were so young. And so I remember one of the last days of CIT summer, we sat down with, I guess, the camp director at the time. And we all said, like, we want to come back and work, but we need to get paid more. Yeah. We did. It wasn't that much more, but it, we definitely made a difference yeah. <laughs> because from then on, it, it stayed that salary and it, it was the best being a counselor. You got all the benefits of like going off camp and just seeing the other side of camp mm -hmm. and a camper. And it was amazing. And my best friends, even with Nishopa coming over, which I'm sure we'll talk about, like those are my best friends and now husband like for life. So yeah. it's pretty awesome. Nice. Do you remember either of you, maybe we can start as kids and then then move into as counselors, the first people that you remember meeting or the first friends that you remember making out at camp? Definitely. So uh, I was six turning seven going to camp that first summer. And uh, it was one of my first times really being away from home. Never went to like day camp for that or anything like that. Um, so my memory is a little bit foggy, but one of the first or two of the first people that I definitely remember are uh, Shem, Shemek. Yeah, he was one yeah. in uh, 1998, and Randy Shack was the group leader for the Division One boys. So I met yeah. them two first. A few other kids who I don't remember because I didn't end up moving up with them. They kind of ended up uh, keeping me in that B11 bunk for like two years in a row, yeah. just so that I could age up to you know what the appropriate starting age for camp, which would have been like seven, would have been. Yeah, Lakota, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Lakota, they call it the brave boys. But uh, yeah, definitely those two people. Yeah, for me, so I went to camp alone. <laughs> um, my mom was like, you're going to go to camp and you're going to have a great time. And no one that I knew went there. And my yeah. mom shipped me away for eight weeks. But um, <laughs> I remember, so I didn't really have like a good friend that I went with, but I remember I got to camp and they put me in a bunk with just all new girls. Yeah. <laughs> so there was this girl, Stacy and Daniela, Dora, such uh, this girl, Jessica, and I'm not friends with any of them yeah. anymore. Um, but I was shoved into a bunk with all new girls. And I was part of that. But I was not like towards the end of the summer. Those were not my best friends. Like gotcha. I was very close with girls in other bunks. Who ended um, up coming back, right? Who ended up coming back and being like friends that I still have today, like my friend Chelsea and Lily and Alana and Corinne. And yeah. it just, it's interesting how things work out. Yeah. <laughs> And then how about as counselors? Who were some of the first friends you met once you made that once you made that leap onto onto paid staff? So for me, uh, when I was at the age where I became an assistant counselor, junior counselor, we called it at Neshoba, at Lakota, they called it a assistant counselor. Um, unfortunately, some of my best friends that I'd grown up with, uh, guys from our bunk, David Mintz, Brian Kaplan, they'd all stopped coming back. Yeah. They wanted to get other jobs right out of high school. Actually, it was going into senior year of high school, but they wanted to do other things. Yeah. So I was the only one my age that came back. And uh, unfortunately, at that time, the junior counselors did not have the same privileges as counselors. Um, gotcha. We would not have been allowed to go off camp. Uh, we would really? not be allowed to, yeah, for days off, for nights off, things like that. So 
I became friends with guys that were much older than me as a result of that. And yeah. those were people like Dan Simone, uh, Mike Kurlowitz, yeah. Eric Oppenheimer. And those guys, I'm literally still like best friends with them today. Yeah. In their wedding parties, vice versa, same thing. They were all in my wedding a couple months ago. So they were the first people that I really got super close with as counselors. Yeah. Uh, it's obviously really cool to see, you know, just how that continues throughout life and how the relationship continues. Yeah, I mean, from CIT summer to AC summer, it was the same group of people. So mm -hmm. we just continued on together for a few more years. And that was pretty special. Nice. Yeah, yeah I remember we had, I, this, for us, Ben, I, I always think of like a core of those five or six of you that were always there, you know, you, David, Brian, and then Justin, Denenberg, Mike Kahn. So I guess and if I'm missing someone that was there the whole time, I apologize. But I feel as though that core group yeah. was there that whole time and it's sad that they didn't get to go back but you know people make people make decisions based on what they need and you know i see them on instagram and all that stuff now and they're all doing really good and they're all having fun lives i just sent david mintz a lanyard a couple of days ago because he lost his so he you know it's nice to keep connecting with those folks as well and you know seeing brian grow up and justin i think it's his birthday today happy birthday justin i think it's his 30th birthday today um, with this lovely baby and then mike mike khan living the dream life in i want to say las vegas maybe might be it's around the west coast yeah um so it's nice to see that you know the, the core of you are all still kind of connected to me and stuff like that that's really good so <laughs> who i mean obviously you've just had your wedding and there's a lot of folks that you still talk to from camp there but are there other folks in the camp world that you're still connected to that um, are important to you and if you could reconnect with anyone that you've lost touch with is there anyone that you would love to talk to again uh, yeah, definitely. So like I mentioned before, uh, you know, like Mike Perlowitz, Dan Simone, Eric Oppenheimer, uh, one of our really good friends, John Jimenez, they were all at our wedding, some amazing people, and we're super happy to have them in our lives, people from the show in particular. Yeah. But um, like I mentioned, a lot of my cabin mates didn't end up going back to camp for, you know, really our adult lives. We kind of stopped in our late teen lives. Yeah. And it would be awesome to reconnect with them a bit more. Uh, luckily, me and David and Brian and Elise Papkoff, uh, now has a new last name. She's also married happily. Yeah. And uh, we've also, we've all connected a few times. We've hung out in the city, which has been really nice, but there's been other people from, you know, from our division, uh, Cara Bonimo. We had um, Lauren Glansberg, Jackie Turner, Rachel Gellerman, all these people that didn't end up coming back in later years, would love to reconnect with them. Yeah. And then also some of the counselors, Paul Monteef, Chris Robb. Uh, we had a guy named Stell. Yeah. Uh, Bo I know uh, he's been mentioned a couple times on here. He was he was a legend. We found uh, him. We found him. Oh, amazing! <laughs> Can't wait to talk found to him. him. We found Botar. It's probably in the woods somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he's still on the zip line. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of there's so many people, and you know, having been to camp for so many years, you you make these great connections over the course of eight weeks, and then you kind of lose touch. And you know, luckily, Facebook, Instagram, and all these social media apps have kind of come come about and we've been able to follow along but it's, it would be really cool to have a, a big reunion of some sort with everybody absolutely yeah i mean what's special for me is that i kind of have two groups of good friends because of lakota and then nashopa mm -hmm. i mean and i have to say now besides a few core people like my friend corinne and justin reisman and brian beck and marty all from lakota a majority of my best friends now are from nashopa yeah um, I mean, he's listed all of them and it's, it's special to me and it's really cool, but I'd say in terms of reconnecting, what's so great, like Ben said, is like, you kind of know what everyone's up to from social media. Yeah. 
But what I'd love to do is kind of get all of my old, old Lakota friends from like my division that I grew up with that mm -hmm. I'm not that close with anymore and just do something huge. Just a reunion, like, sorry, no Neshoba people. Like <laughs> just like that, that core of my age group. And yeah. like whether it's, I don't know, just meeting up somewhere in the city or or, or something and just, just those people and yeah. see everyone in person. That would be a strictly 2004 to 2009 Lakota reunion. <laughs> Sorry. Well, well, in that case, I think that me and Terry and Brandon and, and Jill and Danielle and, and Celine and all them will have our other, and Marley Mintz will you have our, see, you our know, other we, little reunion. You see them all the time. You know, I'm talking about <laughs> the people I don't see anymore. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. And of course, um, you know, I, I want to give a shout out to someone. Uh, Doug officiated your <laughs> wedding, right? Doug, the yeah. man that made the merger happen, so to speak, the the guy that brought all those Neshoba folks over to Lakota. If he didn't, I would have never met Ben. And yeah. so he really, he was, he's very yeah. special to us. Yeah, Doug, uh, Doug definitely, you know, when we got engaged, I said to Marley, jokingly, but also very seriously, I said, you know, the one person that literally brought us together, who I know would be perfect for this role is Doug Katz. And yeah. at first she thought I was joking and then- No, know, I was, I was into it because I knew I didn't want like a rabbi marrying us. Like that's just not me, not me want, at least. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, actually, and he, he'd be great. Yeah. And yeah for, for those people that know Doug Katz, he you know started out at Neshoba when I was a kid. And I know a few people have mentioned this already. He was the guy uh, doing the video. Yeah. Uh, and then years later became the, the director. So yeah, Doug is an amazing, amazing guy. And you know, so charismatic. We could not think of a better person. I mean, for the, he, he did job. a phenomenal job. He did. Yeah. He had everyone in tears and laughing the entire time. I'm surprised, really um, Ben, that you didn't wear his bright yellow blazer to get married <laughs> in. His iconic you know, bright yellow blazer. As soon as uh, we asked him, you know, we hopped on a Zoom with him and discussed like the, the specifics of what we wanted, what we didn't, whatever. And I was like, by the way, can you uh, whip out that uh, that scooter and that yellow blazer? If you just come down the aisle on the scooter, that'd be perfect. Oh my God, that would have been so fun. <laughs> yeah, the rings on the seat of the scooter. <laughs> what are some of your favorite, just favorite camp memories when you think of camp? What are the first things that come back? And, you know, I'll, I'll do a couple memories for you all. Of course, Molly, we don't have a camp memory, but a, a memory of you that just kind of sticks out when we met in 2017. You know, I came back over to the East Coast and I got to see folks and I got to meet you and it was really nice because you just said hey Ben talks a lot about you so can I just give you a hug and that was really sweet you know I was That's like okay funny. cool he's saying good things and that was just a really nice moment I was like okay cool obviously Aww. obviously this person gets that you know Ben and I know each other quite well and go back and then Ben you know there's a there's a hundred I could probably tell of you you know different trips to the infirmary or just kind of awkward young teenager type stuff. But I think I won't do that to you, at least not not so everyone else can hear it. Thank um, you. But when I talk to Dave Mintz, I've got a very embarrassing one about him and I'm going for it with him. Jillian and I, my wife, who I also met at camp, Camp Neshoba, um, Doug Katz doesn't get the credit for that one because it was pre-Doug <laughs> pre days, but we... We came back in 2008 and we were doing the teen tour and it was your 18th birthday. Yeah. And I decided, well, someone's got to someone's got to make a big deal of this. So Jillian and I went out to a party city store or whatever the equivalent of that is over on the East Coast. And we bought all the cheesy decorations we can find, all the stupid hats, pieces of cake. And I think it was a cookout day, maybe, because That's you were sitting good. out in the mess hall lawn. And we just came and put a bunch of party hats on you and started singing <laughs> as loud as we could. Happy birthday. Got you covered in cake and stuff like that. And it was just it was really special and nice for me 
um, just personally to be there on your 18th birthday, having known you since you were little. So that was that's one of my favorite memories of you. And I, you know, I could do a podcast series on just kind of you <laughs> as well, but I, I, I won't go there. You know, I'll, I'll keep not in front of Molly anyway. You know, it's uh, a little too soon for that. But yeah, there's some of my favorite camp memories of, of you and Molly, of course, a, a favorite non-camp memory of you. But how about how about you both? It's so hard to pick. I mean, I have like my favorite summers, like CIT summer. Sorry, Nishoka wasn't there yet. CIT (laughs) summer was just like the best summer of my life. But I mean, if we're talking about memories, I think the the few that stand out the most were in 2013, when I finally got Color War General. It took a little while because of Nishoka. Sorry, because they needed positions too. infuse some great counselors so it just you know that summer was and that time of camp was just great it was gray america and it it was just it was just the best like five days i remember it so well yeah my team was incredible and that was just a a great memory nice was it what was the other team color because we were gray green in the show We're, we're, we're gray and blue gray and blue okay so you only had to change over one color. One color, right, yeah. <laughs> but that green, losing the green was really, it was a bit devastating at first. But I was always mean? green. Like, yeah. I mean, I was only on a team for three years because I then was a group leader after that. But green color wall general, that was that was a good memory for me right there. I also have a really funny memory, not of Ben, um, but <laughs> Nishopa's first summer there. And I was obviously a counselor at that point, And we're sitting OD, like watching the kids at night. Yeah. Um, outside the bunks and I remember Dan Simone and Mike Perlowitz were on head OD because they're group leaders and they just came this is the first time I ever really talked to them or met them and the road like the path down to what we call senior campus where the girls bunks are Mm -hmm. is very long and I remember just seeing the two of them with their clipboards like in one hand just like you know, like scooting down this long path as if they like ran the place coming to check that I was at my OD post. And I'm like, who are you? And what are you doing here? And I've, I've told them this story before, but it really like, it's such a funny, vivid memory that I have of, you know, Nishopa coming and it's the two of them just marching down to check on. That seems like a very appropriate way for Nishopa to announce their Oh, absolutely. the you know their partnership by having two of the you know legends just marching through with their shoulders going side to side holding a clipboard all officially that seems appropriate and we- terrifying for people that don't know who they are at the same time <laughs> right i'm like who are these guys and what do they want they're not even supposed to be on girls campus like what are they doing <laughs> Now they're my best friends. So yeah, to, to say the funny. least, when when all the Neshoba people went over to Lakota, uh, you know, it was just as much of a shock for us as it was for you guys. I'm sure much more for you. But we we did not hold back in uh, making it clear, like, hey, we have camp <laughs> memories, traditions, yeah. experience, and uh, this place is ours now too. So <laughs> kept it going, which was great. But um, for me, I would say. Somewhat similar to Marley, you know, I had a lot of really, really good summers with, you know, with you, um, Steve, and and all of our, my cabin mates, Brian and David in particular, you know, we really were the, I'd say the core three, and then we had also Mike, and um, we had a kid, Steve, and uh, yeah. Justin Denberg as well. You know, we had some great memories together that I'm sure I'm, I'm forgetting about in the moment. But uh, one of my favorite summers was actually 2008 when, you know, it stunk that those guys that I just mentioned, none of them came back and same thing on the girls side. So I was really in that weird limbo of being between camper and counselor. But as a result of that, I became so close with not only one, but two groups of people. Um, so on the, the upper end, 
I became close with the the Dan Simone, Mike Perlowitz. Oh, they're just getting all the shout outs right now. All the shout outs. (laughs) Other people will get some too. Um, But because of uh, them being older than me, you know, I had them on one end, you know, when I was going off camp, luckily they, they, they brought me with them. They took me out on days off to the waterfalls, Paul Edge, people like that. It was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, when I was at camp hanging out on OD, whatever, um, I'd hang out with my younger brother, Rory, who also went to camp for just as long forever. as I did forever. Yeah. Um, and some of the, you know, his, his bunk mates, um, Brandon Saget, Terry Shine, Jacob Glass, and then the girls on their side, which were Jillian Rubinoff, uh, Danielle Gershon, Celine Cortez, um, right. Marley Mintz, so yeah. many people. And it was really just a fun summer for me in the sense that, you know, I was always sort of a, an awkward, shy kid. And I'm sure you have plenty of those awkward teen memories of me for yeah. that reason. But uh, <laughs> it was really a, a, an interesting and fun experience, sort of forcing myself to come out of a shell and, and latch on to two different groups of people who I didn't know all that well previous to that summer yeah. and making friends and making, you know, new memories with them. So that was really cool. Nice. Very nice. Tell me about a favorite. And, uh, you know, Marley, you talked about Color War being one of your favorite events. But, you know, camp has hundreds of different activities that you go through every day that are so easy to forget because they're just part of the schedule. Right. And, you know, the big events, the Color Wars, the talent shows, all of the different things you do at night. The Kangaroo Court is one that sticks out for me as being. I got that one. And then um, I actually ended up, I continued that in my after school program out here in Portland. I would write poems about kids, but way more positive. You know, the yeah. kangaroo court. And I didn't egg them or anything like that. We sprayed them with silly string and stuff. But, you know, there's all those different events and activities. And then there's even days out to Six Flags and Mountain Creek. And the Galleria Mall was a favorite day out for the show for folks. But what are some of those favorite just camp games, events, activities that, that you remember? So, uh, you know, like you were just saying, I really, we always loved going to the Galleria Mall. I know that's come up quite a few times just yeah. because it was the only semblance of civilization in the the near you know route 17 area out of the camp bubble. <laughs> yeah out of the camp bubble going to the movies getting popcorn and real food at the you know what probably is now a terrible crappy food court but it was awesome <laughs> back then getting Sabaro's pizza but for me i never was athletic i'm still not the most athletic i can throw a football but aside very, from that very true I'm, I'm not the most athletic <laughs> and i was in a bunk with some kids that were really really athletic brian was an amazing hockey player yeah uh, oppie same thing that you're above me his friend zippy yeah. These amazing, amazing hockey players. And um, I, as a result, I love the activities that were not ball sports. So yeah. go-karting, I don't know if you ever remember meeting me. I don't have a specific memory of meeting you back in, you know, 2001. But knowing that you ran the go-karts, I was down there for like every elective hour. Mm-hmm. There, ropes course. Um, I love doing those two things. Those were fun. And also water skiing. I think uh, my my bunk was the group of kids that you and Elad probably came and, and saved from uh, someone not not having the ignition thing yeah i don't know if i told the story on a podcast so i think i just put it on a social media post so i'll tell it real quick so molly this is great so ben and a group of the let's call it b13 right because that was the first year i remember you um well the first year we were we were in that cabin together we're out at least half a mile into this lake this huge lake we would go to and good guy um, root beer who molly i'm not sure if you know root beer but he was driving the boat and Artie was on the boat, you know, the, hey, get off the dock guy. Wait, and Root Beer was driving the boat? Root yep, Beer was yep. driving the boat. 
water skiing guy. With this <laughs> yeah, party. legend. And so Ben and a bunch of the cabin were on this boat or sitting on the... Oh, I have two stories about water skiing for you now. <laughs> but on the banana boat or whatever, whatever thing they were doing, right? And so the boat had stopped and it was about 30 minutes past they were supposed to be back because we had to get on the bus and go. So Alad and I and a couple other counselors and kids were sitting on the grass berm that was near the dock, and we could see the boat, just nothing happening in the distance. It was pouring down rain at this point as well. So Alad and I got into this paddle boat, you know, where you just sit in it and your feet do all the work, and we grabbed two skis, and we just started canoeing ourselves, essentially, towards the boat. Must have took 25 minutes to get to the boat. We get to the boat, and Rupee has just pulled the emergency ignition rope. So the boat is dead. So we just plugged that back in. Thankfully, that's what it was. And they could get back. And I just remember Artie saying, and I can't do this part in his accent. I can just do that. Hey, get after that. But he was like, what the F were you going to do? Like, what were you going to do when you got here? Get everyone in that paddle boat and go back and forth. <laughs> and it was so bizarre. And then the other thing, and I told this to Phil Norton, I think it was after the podcast had started recording. But, and this is an embarrassing me story. I was, we were banana boating, you know, on that big, long, inflatable yellow thing on the boat. And it was the first year. So it was Clay Geddes. I don't know if you remember Clay Geddes, Ben. He was driving the boat and he just couldn't flip us over. It wasn't happening. So I was like, I really want to get in this water. Like, that's the point of this activity. So I decided, let me see how cold it is. So I stuck my foot in the water to see how cold it was, not realizing that the force of how fast we were going forward would throw my leg back. It threw my leg back and caused me to essentially just dive into the water. Of course, I had a life jacket on. But because I went in head first, and this is super embarrassing, my shorts and pants underneath my shorts came off in the water completely. So I'm in the water floating naked besides this you know this life jacket just managed to catch my shorts on my little toe as they're sinking so we're able to get them on inside out and backwards and climb back into the boat so i very nearly had the worst moment of my life i would have just left you know i'm just gonna swim home and go straight back to england team no one needs to see this but yeah <laughs> yeah fun anytime we got to go off the camp whether it was like you know water skiing or we went roller skating i don't know if you remember we also went to a place called blueberry mountain it's a mini golf place is that uh, the place so where like it was built over a sewer pipe so it always <laughs> smelled terrible the golf yeah yeah, yeah. And we get ice cream and yeah you get a one you get some free ice cream there were batting cages we'd always try to sneak off and go play yeah like i mean blueberry mountain that's it yeah Blueberry nice. Mountain. Any, any of those fun times like where you know the kids especially in our teenage years got to sort of try to run off and be a little bit more mischievous yeah away from the counselors those were always the best they they took us to play golf one time and i don't know why but like me and like a bunch of other girls went to like a, a not mini golf like a big like golf a full course. golf course but we don't play golf it was a strange <laughs> you just reminded me when you said the batting cages and stuff i don't know that was that's not my favorite. Thing. Yeah, camp, over the years, camp has always tried to like infuse some weird but fun activities and yeah. get some crazy stories as a result, but all good ones. I mean, my favorite on camp like activities were definitely like, you know, arts and crafts, yeah. jewelry, like everything, what we like where all that stuff is, is called College Hall at okay. Lakota, where all that's, you know, all that stuff lives and you go to. So anything in there, I, I enjoyed. But what I loved, what Doug brought over, what you haven't brought up was flashlight sing. Oh yeah, yeah. He brought that to Lakota, and I'm pretty sure they still do that today, nice. um, along with some other traditions. But that was that was always a fun one because yeah. everyone got involved, and it was just that felt like camp. 
Like it really was amazing. Yeah, you'd have every single group of kids sitting by bunk or by division, whatever it was, division, yeah. in a circle around like the basketball court. And Doug had this high powered mag light and he would shine it on your, your bunk and you'd have to sing a song that hasn't been sung before. Yeah. And if you sing a song that has been sung before, you're, your group you're is out. out. So it got real heated. I mean, he had so much control. Like he lifted that flashlight up and the camp went silent yeah. until someone else's turn. I mean, it was just, just like, it was so powerful and like magical all at the same time. And just such a, you know, from the perspective of you know, teachers and people that work oh. with kids, it was such an engaging activity. I too. should try that this year. Really Something awesome. Like that. <laughs> There's so many camp things that you can bring to school programs, I've noticed. And, we, and in a minute, we're going to transition into talking about what you do today. But I think that's a great one. Ben, I don't know if you remember, one of my proudest moments ever at camp was getting the CIT boys as to run us up as Flashlight Sing. And I remember having you all, you know, we had that cabin that Doug cut the hole out of in the middle. Yep. And we had on the right side from the outside, when you went in the door, the, we had some beds set up like couches, like a hangout zone. And I just remember sitting you all down there and be like, listen, I know this is an activity that you don't care about but let's do this. Like, let's show everybody else that we're better than them. And we got, we got second place. I, I'm assuming Alderbrook won, but it was, it was a proud moment because you guys had no interest in that <laughs> whatsoever. So I'm hope, hopefully that instilled a little love into that activity for you when you went over to Lakota, because yeah, that was a great, great activity that we did. I yeah, love that activity. Whatever you did stuck. So. <laughs> years later i was good i was good for a couple things you know so yeah tell me then um obviously you're both teaching these days so tell yeah. me how camp helped prepare you for for what you do now oh my gosh i mean it's a perfect job when you're a teacher i mean it, camp teaches you everything you're in charge of children 24 7 it's an so when you go into a classroom you had them for six hours and you go home i'd say camp is an even harder job in a different way yeah taking care of kids. I mean, I, so when I started being a counselor at camp, I started with the girls going into sixth grade and I stayed with them for one, two, three, like five years, yeah. I think four or five years, same girls. But then when I graduated or was about to graduate college, maybe the year before, I knew that I wanted to be a teacher for like younger kids, like kindergarten mm -hmm. first. So I wanted to work with younger kids. I thought it would look better on my resume and like all this stuff. I mean, I don't think they look at the age you work with at camp, but you know, I went to the youngest div division and the youngest bunk of the division. And yeah. that was the same summer with when I was color word general. Like, I mean, it all just like worked out and yeah. came and you know, it's the perfect job for teachers. So yeah, I mean, if you're a teacher out there, go work at camp. Yeah, <laughs> very much, very much the case. And I would even go further and say that whether you want to be in education or any field, it's such a great experience in the sense that you learn a lot about relationships. You make relationships with people that you've never met in your life from literally the opposite side of the world that may or may not speak the same language as you. Yeah. And you, you know, you have to work together for eight weeks and you have to, you know, be collaborating throughout the entire process and in, in trying to make sure that kids not only, you know, arrive back home safely at the end of the summer, but have a great fun summer and want to come back the next year. Yeah. Um, and then as a counselor, and then for me being counselor and color war general, eventually and group leader, um, time management, I think that's something that camp really, really taught so well. I know that, you know, there are very few jobs that you literally are working from sunup to sundown and then past, you yeah. know, on either end, like you're just responsible for kids the entire day, including when they're sleeping. Yeah. But you have to, you know, really make sure, especially as a group leader, you're getting your kids to their activities on time and you're <laughs> making sure that they're all 
you know, getting their, their phone call time at the right time and going to the right elective post, the right elective hour uh, activity, I should say. Yeah. And all of these things. And then again, with color war being a general, you're in charge at, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old of hundreds of people, yeah. some of whom are older than you. And again, from all around the world, different ages, whatever, something like that is an experience that where else are you getting that? Teaches you, know? you to be bossy, but in a really nice way. Yeah. yeah. It teaches right? you how to be a leader in a lot of ways. And I think that that's something that I, you know, it was instilled in me. I'm going to school now to be a, a principal or assistant principal first. Oh, great. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm heading in that direction in leadership, but camp really is, is super important in my life and it taught me so much. And I think anybody that went to camp, obviously you included, it's, there's no way that camp didn't have a positive impact on your life, unless maybe you didn't enjoy camp and you went <laughs> home, but camp teaches you a lot. You know, just like helping kids solve problems, like especially you know and that translates really well to school but also the trust aspect yeah. like the parents as well need to trust you too they're leaving their kids with strangers like in the beginning yeah and you know you build those great relationships and camp brings out the best yeah. in people so it's awesome yeah, yeah i think uh i was listening to a few of your episodes today and i think matthew tilly who by the way his last name i really thought was was titley and oh really? <laughs> I, yeah, that was his last name because I was like, oh, the, the nickname must come from that. Yeah. Either way, um, he mentioned how you know when he first became a counselor, someone told him like, yeah, these kids, you know, especially the older ones, you have to earn their trust. It's not just automatic. Yeah. And I think that's such a important lesson that yeah. you know translates life. It shows like whatever your station in life, whatever your position in life is, you're never going to get people on your side unless you get them on board with what you're trying to do, and you know get them to trust you and get them to respect you. Kind Start of out a little harsh and then you get a little more lenient as you go. And a lot more patience, I think. Oh, too. Yeah. oh yeah. You you have to, you have to, there's no, <laughs> yeah. there's no off switch for you. You know, you're in character those whole two months as, as the counselor, you know, you never take off the Mickey mouse head. When yeah. You're I camp. remember, I, I don't think anyone's talked about this yet, but I remember on all of your days off, you know, all of our counselors days off, you guys would come back to camp and, you know, let's say it's your day off. You would say, you know, we'd be like, Steve, 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 it's so good to see you. What are you doing today? What, you know, what's going on with this? What's going on with that? Let me tell you about this. And you'd say, sorry, my name's not Steve today. Yeah. And everyone would do that. And we thought it was the funniest thing. It's my day off. Until, until we became counselors and realized like, oh, wow, like that is so necessary. You walk because... past the kids when if you come back, like in between something on your day off, but then yeah. you're leaving again. You're right, just like, right. don't look at me. Yeah. Don't look at me. Sunglasses, <laughs> fake nose, mustache, wig. You know. <laughs> it reminds me right. of Jerry Lightman who was the boys head counselor at Neshopa, We when we went on that mall day off, he would be there, but no one would recognize him. And Jerry is, you know, famously a Mets fan, right? Huge Mets fan. And I saw, I, I caught him once out at the mall and he had a, he had a Yankees cap, a long mullet wig and a Yankees jersey on. And he, and he was walking past everyone and no one spotted him because no one thought to see him. And, you know, that's kind of the costume you have to put on on your days off when, you know, and you'll still interact with kids when you see them. For the most part, you'll say hi and yeah, my, my day off. I'll see you tomorrow or see you tonight, whatever. But I always yeah. remember Jerry going into a full opposite version of himself <laughs> during the time he didn't want to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> He's a character as well. He, he is, is. absolutely. Um, tell me about then, is there ever, and this is for the playlist, is there ever a song or piece of music that comes on and it transports you right back to camp? I, ha um, I have a few. Yep. Um... One is, and this is probably for a lot of camps, um, Buttercup, you know, like Build Me Up Buttercup. Oh, yeah. The foundations. Sure. All Star by Smash Mouth. Yep. Um, and there was one more I 
I just had in my head. While you're thinking, I'll tell you. Yeah, you tell yours. Those Um, two are. First for me is definitely the theme to the Star Wars music, the the opening to the Star Wars music, because that was uh, the call for the boys side mealtime. Yeah. I also would say in a sentimental way for like the last night of camp kind of thing. Wonderwall. Yes. Yes. Great. Great shout. I think about like that last night of camp kind of thing. And then um, going back way back the song Minority by Green Day. Really? Brian Kaplan brought a Green Day CD to camp in like, you know, whatever year it was, 2004. He played the heck out of that thing. Yeah, that broke that memory. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I actually, (laughs) so my first summer, 2004, you know, we'd have like camp discos. They still have them. And there was was some strange music in 2004. But do you remember that song, Turn Me On by Kevin Little? Oh, we're going to have to find That's that. Okay. And, and, and play <laughs> I'll, I'll put it on the playlist. I'll put it on the playlist. But it it reminds me of 2004 Camp Lakota disco and just like weird dancing in the social hall. But I heard it the other week. Must have been at the beach or something on someone's random, you know, playlist. Yeah. that came, on. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I just got brought back to when I was like 11 or yeah. 12. And it's that, that's an interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hear that, um, you know, one of the songs that was big in the Chopa that I'm going to take credit for made its way over to Lakota. Thanks to you, Ben, you and Dan and a couple other folks. Yeah, Rory took, as well. You and Amarillo. I Amarillo. That is a song that, uh, yeah, every time I hear that as well, obviously, we, we did that dance night. I made the video. dance. I made the dance one year. Oh, you I made the better. team. You're you in good company, me. Molly. You're in great I company. I send you the picture. I'm. I think yeah. I'm standing next to you, actually. I think so. And we're we're doing it. Yeah, oh, that'll be a great picture to send me for for me to stick on the social media to I'll, advertise I'll your show. Yeah. Find that. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine. I mean, you know, the stars align. A bunch of friends are able to make it and go back. Would you do it again? Yeah. yeah without, I'd go. Without a doubt. I'd go tonight. Yeah. Like no, right now. Yeah. I think when you know. God willing, when we have kids in the future, Marley, you know, being a teacher and myself included, um, you know, hopefully she'll be able to work at camp and we'll be able to send our kids there kind of thing. Just like, uh, I'll have staff kids. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We'd love to. It'd be great. Nice. And what would you take with you? What is something that you would take this time, you know, knowing that what you know now about how much work the summers really are, you know, home comfort, a favorite, a favorite snack. I mean, obviously you're close, closer to home than, I was so it's right. easy for you to access that stuff but what would be something that you would take with you this time to make it a little easier so having uh you know not lived in the woods in many years and that's that's really what camp is you're living in a, a cabin made of thin wood in the woods um <laughs> having like a nice cold drink to come back to in your bunk would be so nice so I'd say a refrigerator okay, like a mini nice. fridge or like, a, like, mini a, fridge. Fr- yeah, like a, a mini fridge that you could you know put water in Gatorade you know maybe some food when the, the some meals yoohoo come. yeah some yoohoo <laughs> I bet a lot of people had mini and we just didn't know oh no i had a mini fridge but it was like this it was this six can mini fridge that oh I yeah and i think like <laughs> me and a bunk mate we split it so you want a bigger one so i want like a, a proper mini fridge that you could fit some stuff in. a, med- a medium fridge <laughs> medium fridge yeah <laughs> there's a few things i thought of going back like as an adult what i would bring yeah a keurig oh smart yeah. smart move yeah. yeah and in your mini fridge i'll put some some milk and some there you cream go. and stuff <laughs> <laughs> A nice shower head. Oh yeah. Replace wherever I'm taking a shower, wherever room <laughs> or bunk I'm in, replace that shower head. Um, and there was one of oh, a Febreze plug-in. Febreze plug-in, nice. So it's just always there, and it's just oh, a yeah. nice scent all yeah, year, the, all, all 
all day long. The smells in some of those bunks were were not always the nicest, especially yeah. on those hot days. And on yeah. some of the boys. Yeah, died. just generally. Yeah, we always had the stinkier bunks. Dan Simone said Febreze as well, but that's because he slept in his boots. So yes, I, I heard him say it. I don't sleep in my boots, but I think it'd be nice <laughs> instead of like just a musty bunk smell, just having yeah. just a nice like linen fresh scent just in case you have dan simone 2.0 yeah <laughs> You'll be well, ben, i feel like we always had a skunk family that lived under whatever cabin we were in as well especially like, on the hill like wet towels like anything and because you're in a bunk it you know it smells a little faster than it would maybe yeah, you, got, in a house. you got four grown adult men or women and then like 12 to 15 kids and it's yeah. the size of a living room <laughs> yeah. it's, it's got maybe a- one decent shower in right. the back you know with water pressure that is uh you know my new shower my new shower head yeah i got a shower head when i was the camp director at camp nomano i got a new shower head for my cabin i had my own beautiful cabin you know with kitchen and all kinds of stuff but the shower head was pretty weak so i brought myself a shower head that had kind of disco lights built into it so i would take a shower in the dark with dance music playing and people would always go past and you know there was a window high up in that room so we'd always see the flashing light so it's like oh and my my camp name was sound at that camp it's like oh it's shower time for sound so they knew what was going on because I always shout in the dark with the disco lights. That's awesome. That's so good. Wow. So is there any other any other memory or story that you think of that you want to share or you know give anyone a shout out or say hi? Yeah, I I think I'd be remiss if I didn't give a huge shout out to my family who was at camp. Um, I I was definitely a staff kid, and you know people definitely resented that when I tell Marley about my experience. She's like, "Oh, you were a staff kid. You, <laughs> you were one of those. You, you went out and stayed in a hotel on visiting day because your grandpa worked in the office, and your parents could just do that." Uh, but my cousin Jack was at camp. Yep. Uh, my first cousin Jack. My cousin Shannon was at camp, and my brother Rory, uh, my best yeah. friend, he was at camp as well for the entirety of the time that I was there for the most part. And um, my grandpa Marvin and his late wife. Uh, Rita, they both worked at camp, and without them being there, my parents would never have been able to, you know, to send us there. So yeah. I, it was really an awesome experience because of them. I hope to be able to provide my kids with the same thing in the future. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's you have that great like staff kid story, but I kind of, I am, I am the complete opposite. Which you know, I like that. I went with knowing nobody and yeah. no connection to my camp. Uh, we just like found it and. I think that's what I like the best because I really, sorry, Ben, but like I like really made those friends and so did you, but it was you just, in, it was just in different, a different way. Like I just, you know, I am who I am because of camp and it was the best, oh gosh, 15 years more yeah. or less. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't count of my life. So yeah. Great. Well, thank you both for joining me and sharing your stories and you know what ben me and you we'll have a 2001 to 2009 (laughs) specific reunion but we will we'll be the nice ones we will invite molly huge thanks to this episode's guests ben and molly pinsky for joining me camp romance who'd have thought it please follow molly's fantastic beautiful custom handmade beaded jewelry instagram page beat it by molly that's m-a-r-l-e-e And join me next time when I'll be talking to another old camp friend and sharing our summer camp stories.